Happy Sabbath, everyone. Um, I'm going to ask that you bow your heads as we pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would please speak to us, Lord. Father, uh, you have brought us all here for such a time as this. Lord, help us to realize the, the gravity of the time we are living in. Father, you have not raised us up without reason. This church has been founded for a mission and with a purpose. Lord, help us to reach a pivotal point in our experience this weekend. And Lord, I ask that you would please speak through me. Guide my words, Lord, and may our hearts be moved. May our minds understand. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'd like for you to open your Bibles to the book of Isaiah chapter 14. The title of the message, Going Nuclear. Going Nuclear. Um, I think that is a fitting title for an army Bible camp. What do you think? I want to lay the foundation, uh, if I can, very quickly. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 13. We're going to go through these scriptures as quickly as we can. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 13. The Bible says here, speaking of Lucifer, For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. Lucifer desired to exalt himself above the stars of God. Who were the stars of God? They were the angels. Revelation chapter 12, verse 4 and verse 9 tells us that the dragon's tail, excuse me, cast one-third of the what? Stars of heaven down to earth. Lucifer began a rebellion in heaven and he used the stars to do it. Lucifer means light bearer. That's what the name means. And the question we have to ask ourselves is whose light was Lucifer bearing? Was it his own light? No, no, no. It was the light of God. The, I'm sorry, uh, we're told in Patriarchs and Prophets, page 35, Lucifer, son of the morning, was first of the covering cherubs, holy and undefiled. He stood <clears throat> in the presence of the great creator and the ceaseless beams of glory enshrouding the eternal God rested upon him. Whose light was Lucifer bearing? He was bearing the light of God. He was bearing the light of Jesus Christ. But the Bible says that he began to look at this light and boast as though the light were his own. The Bible tells us that one third of the stars of heaven were cast out. One third of the lights went out. Satan deceived a great multitude of the stars of heaven. We can't imagine how many angels were cast out because the entire host of God is, is unnumbered. So imagine with me how many stars fell from heaven. The Bible tells us that Lucifer deceived mankind. And as a result, we find in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, God giving the promise, Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, the promise is given, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy, what, seed and her seed. It, that is, the woman's seed, was to bruise the head of the serpent, and thou shalt bruise his heel. God 
foretells here of the coming of a seed, of the seed. Genesis chapter 15, verse 5, we are laying a foundation. Genesis chapter 15, verse 5, you can then understand the significance of the statement of God's promise to Abraham. Genesis 15, verse 5, he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now towards the heaven and tell the what? If thou be able to do what? Number them. And he said unto them, so shall thy seed be. Satan used the stars to begin the controversy in heaven. God will use stars to finish the controversy on earth. <laughs> Genesis 15, or Genesis 22, verse 15. Genesis chapter 22, verse 15, the Bible tells us here. And the angel of the Lord, by the way, when the Bible here is speaking about this seed, the seed of, uh, of the woman, and it's talking about these stars as the multitude, or stars being for multitude, who's being spoken about here? It's Israel. Abraham was told that he would be the father of a great what? Of a great nation. Notice Genesis 22, verse 15. The Bible says here, and, unto the, and the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thine son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gates of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. God says here that all the nations would be blessed, would receive a blessing through the seed, the stars. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Genesis chapter 26, turn again with me to verse 4. God says, and I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven and will give unto thy seed all these countries and in thy seed shall all nations, kindreds, tongues, and peoples. Most of you missed that. So we'll come back to that in a moment. Shall all the nations of the earth be blessed? There is a blessing waiting for all peoples, nations, kindreds, and tongues through the seed that is supposed to be as the multitude of the stars. You'll get excited in a moment. <clears throat> it's interesting that from Abraham arose how many? Twelve. Abraham had Isaac, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob becomes Israel, and Israel has the twelve. Abraham is considered the father of the Jews, of those who were the great seed. <clears throat> and it's interesting, how many of you remember when Joseph had his dream that uh, his brothers would bow down? What were they uh, likened to? Stars. <laughs> so you can begin to understand God's purpose is to multiply the stars. Abraham grows to 12, and those 12 are to grow to a great multitude. Well, I want you to notice with me Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 10, because it appears that this is fulfilled. Deuteronomy chapter 1. 
Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 12, or rather verse 10, the Bible says, And the Lord your God has multiplied you, and behold, you are this day as the stars of heaven for multitude. I can imagine the children of Israel must have been excited. Except for when God told them over here in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28 something that maybe they didn't like too much. In Deuteronomy 28, and I want you to notice verse 58. If thou wilt not observe to do all the words of this law that are written in the book, that thou mayest fear this glorious and fearful name, the Lord thy God, then the Lord will make thy plagues wonderful and the plagues of thy seed, even great plagues and of long continuance, and sore sickness, and of long continuance. <clears throat> Moreover, he will bring upon thee all the diseases of Egypt, which thou wast afraid of, and they shall cleave unto thee. Also every sickness and every plague, which is not written in the book of this law, them will the Lord bring upon thee until thou be destroyed. And you shall be left few in number, whereas you were as the stars of heaven for a multitude, because thou wouldst not obey the voice of the Lord thy God. So it's as though God was telling them, listen, if you fail to obey me, this whole promise about you being as the stars, that promise will be null and void. Well, what happened with the history of Israel? We know that Israel eventually ceased to shine. Because God called them to shine to the world. You are the light of the world. In fact, the very fact that, that uh, when Jesus came upon the scene, see, remember, remember the old prophet uh, Balaam that prophesied that there was to be a coming what? Star. Okay, maybe you didn't follow that. <laughs> Balaam, thank you. Balaam prophesied that a star was coming. Who was this star that was to come on the scene? None other than Jesus. And, and in Matthew chapter 2, um, uh, verse 2, the wise men come and they say, hey, we have seen his what? Star. This shouldn't have surprised the Jews because according to the 70-week prophecy, according to the 70-week prophecy, Jesus was to come upon the scene and lead his people to victory. But they rejected the star. They rejected the seed. And you understand, if you turn with me very quickly to the book of Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3 verse, verse 16. Galatians chapter 3 verse 16. The Bible tells us here, now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not unto the seeds as of many, but as of what? One and to thy seed, which is Christ. So in rejecting the star, they were also rejecting the seed. And in rejecting the seed, they had forfeited the promise of God. Well, here's something interesting. Go with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11, and I want you to notice with me verse 12. Yeah, let's look at verse 11. Hebrews 11, verse 11. And through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and, when, and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there, there even of one and him that was as good as what? Dead. So many as the? stars of the sky in multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. 
Although Abraham was as good as dead. Was he dead? No, almost. But it said, as good as dead, from the one that was as good as dead, sprang twelve, from which sprang a great what? Multitude. You know what's interesting? That from Jesus also sprang twelve. Here we have the star coming up on the scene saying, Israel, will, I'm here. Are you ready to do this? And Israel says, no, we're not ready. And so Jesus says, okay, I got to start a new lineage. <laughs> so from this one who was as good as dead, right? From that one sprung 12. Where do we find the 12? Revelation chapter 12. That woman standing on the moon, clothed with the sun, with a crown of 12 stars. Twelve disciples that take up the cause of Jesus, and you can know where the rest of this is going. What do the 12 do? They begin to multiply the stars. They begin to do the very thing that God had called Israel to do. That's why the Bible says, if ye be Christ, then are ye who? Abraham's seeds or Abraham's stars. Why a star? 1 Corinthians 15, 41 says the sun has its glory, the moon has its glory, and then the stars have their glory. And you know the stars have light. You see, the sun is one, the moon is one, but the stars are many. All right, maybe you're not following me. <laughs> um, God needs planet Earth to be lightened with his glory. <laughs> and the reason that he desires to make you and I stars is so that the Earth could be lightened with his glory. <laughs> you know, I used to be a star. Soul Train, <laughs> Rap City. I was a dark star. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's kind of interesting coming into the church. You know, and, 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 you know, praise God, man. I love feeling appreciated and love. Pastor Myers, we love you. I love it. It's beautiful. You know, it, it just helps me feel accepted and beloved by the people of God. But, beloved, let me tell you something. One star cannot lighten the earth. Doug Batchelor, wow. Mark Finley, wow. Could it be that we are looking to these few stars to do a work that only a great multitude can do? I want you to notice something. How do I become a star? 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. I want you to notice verse 1. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 19 rather. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 19. Are you there? When you're there, say amen. 
We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Who is the day star? Jesus Christ. So when Jesus arises in your heart, what do you become? A star. And the more stars he has scattered around planet earth is the more glory will fill the earth. But if we are not studying the more sure word of prophecy, are you following me? If we are not understanding how to dig in the more sure word of prophecy, how can we be lights? There's a reason why the devil wants to block you from studying the Bible. He doesn't care about one star here. And what I mean, yeah, he cares, but as long as it's a star here and a star there. If I were to ask you to name all the stars of the Adventist church, I mean, you could probably go down a list and maybe get to, I don't know, throw out a number for me. 20? That sound fair? More? 12? <laughs> Think about it. All the, these are all the people that, you know, everyone knows that person or everyone knows that person. How many stars do we have? I don't know, 20 maybe? 30, 50? I mean, let's be, let's be liberal. 100? Or 200? What happened to the promise to Abraham? A great multitude, not 200, not 20, a great multitude. That means, but what I'm trying to say to you is some of you are looking up here at me now and saying, wow, Pastor Myers. And I'm saying, no, God wants you to be like that. Amen. The star mentality. Now, when I say that, trust me, I do not, don't know everybody walk away from me now. I'm not going to say anything to him, you know. <laughs> I don't want him to think I'm, you know, a star. Who's star? No, it's not what I'm saying. The star mentality, meaning that only the special few can do this. That's what Army Bible Camp is about. It's not about the special few. It's about the great multitude. Every major revival has taken place as a result of Bible study. At the end of the 70-week prophecy, when the, when the disciples are all depressed and discouraged, guess what? Jesus comes up on the scene, and beginning at Moses and the prophets, he expounds unto them the word of God. They spend 40 days with Jesus, and all he is doing is breaking Scripture down to them. And when you break Scripture down, light is released. And so the revival of the, of, of the 70 week prophecy occurred as a result of people taking the word of God into their hands and saying, we can know this for ourselves. By the way, at that time, the Pharisees and Sadducees were saying only we can understand the word of God. Fast forward to the dark ages. Oh, by the way, before we even fast forward, uh, uh, here's something that might interest you. When Pentecost came, guess what happened to the stars? They began to what? Multiply. Multiply. Who knows of something that happened before when the children of Israel began to multiply? Back in the Old Testament. When the children of Israel were in Egypt and began to multiply, what did Pharaoh say? Hey, they're multiplying too fast. Let's make their burdens hard. Let's make them work and toil and, and make them miserable and, and, and make them build stuff without straw. 
Well, you know, that's the same thing Satan said when he saw the church beginning to multiply. Let's put them under oppression. 1260 years of oppression. Make them be Christians without the Bible. You didn't get that. It is as impossible to be a Christian without studying your book as it is to make buildings with what they say, no, no straw. No straw. This is what the church of the dark ages did. You can't understand the Bible. Only the priests can understand the Bible. Hence, it was known as the dark ages. Why? No light. Go with me to Daniel chapter 8. Daniel chapter 8. And please notice with me. Verse 10. Speaking of the little horn, it said it waxed great even to the host of heaven. And it cast down some of the host and of the what? Stars to the ground and stamped upon them. This is how the Bible reveals the persecution of the saints of God. They were called stars and they were being persecuted. You see, the devil understands what will happen if stars begin to shine. Keep the word of God away from them so that they cannot shine. And you know what happened with the Reformation? Martin Luther comes along, Wycliffe and all these guys, and they put the word of God back into the hands of the people. And revival takes place that leads to the deadly wound in 1798. After that, we have the 2300-day prophecy where regular people with the word of God in their hands were able to take the word and expound it and find truth. And what happened to the stars? They multiplied greatly. And then there was a great disappointment. And it seemed as though the movement was about to die. But out of what apparently seemed dead God prophesied that there would rise a multitude of stars Amen. beloved you are those stars that's why Daniel 12 verse 3 says and they that turn many to righteousness shall shine as the stars Beloved, the final revival to take place on planet Earth will be as a result of the people of God opening their Bibles and, and having light shine out of that book into their glorious faces. In the last solemn work, few great men will be engaged. They are self-sufficient, independent of God, and he cannot use them. The Lord has faithful servants who in the shaking, testing time will be disclosed to view. There are precious, precious ones now hidden who have not bowed the knee to Baal. They have not had the light which have been shining in a concentrated blaze upon you, but it may be under a rough and an uninviting exterior, the pure brightness of a genuine Christian character will be revealed. In the daytime, we look toward heaven, but do not see the stars. They are there, fixed in the firmament, but the eye cannot distinguish them. In the night, we behold their genuine luster. Christian service, page 49. Servants of God endowed with power from on high with their faces lighted up and shining with holy consecration went forth to proclaim the message from heaven. Souls that were scattered all through the religious bodies answered to the call and the precious were hurried out of the doomed churches as Lot was hurried out of Sodom before her destruction. 
God's people were strengthened by the excellent glory which rested upon them in rich abundance and prepared them to endure the hour of temptation. I heard everywhere a multitude of voices saying. Let's read again. I heard everywhere a few voices on television saying. I heard everywhere a multitude of voices. Now, if she hears a multitude of, vo of voices going out to preach, what would it mean that the multitude had to be doing before in order to go out and preach? How many of you came back in here right now with a sermon on your heart? Raise your hand. Some of you came up to me, Pastor, please let me share. Please, 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 please. Beloved, the reason why many of us are not out sharing is because we have nothing to share. How do I, let me tell you something, you would not ask the question, how do I share if you had something? Okay, let's say you want a million dollars. Pastor, can you tell me, how can I share with my friends that I've won a million dollars? You'd be out in the streets grabbing strangers. Guess what? <laughs> I won a million dollars. <laughs> you would have no problem sharing what you felt was good news. Many, that was early writings, page 278. Many, this is evangelism, page 700. Many will be seen hurrying hither and thither, consecrate, constrained by the Spirit of God to bring the light to others. The truth, the Word of God, is as fire in their bones, filling them with a burning desire to enlighten those who sit in darkness. Many, even among the uneducated, now proclaim the words of the Lord. Children are impelled by the Spirit to go forth and declare the message from heaven. The Spirit is poured out upon all who will yield to its promptings and cast off all man's machineries, his binding rules and cautious methods. They will declare the truth that the, that the might of the, through the might of the Spirit's power, multitudes will receive the faith and join the armies of the Lord. Amen. Arm me, please, Lord. How many of you want to be armed? Amen. God is calling us to be armed now. What I say the title of my message was? <laughs> the best way for me to describe this to you is to put it in military terms because after all you are a an army let me share with you as quickly as i can john chapter 10 verse 30. there is something the devil wants to stop john chapter 10 verse 30 jesus says there i and my father are what are one we need to, 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 to get this point here. I, my father, are one. What Jesus is saying here is that he and his father are indivisible. They are so closely tied that they are one. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now get this picture then. Uh, uh, Jesus, God the Father, the Trinity, we might say that the Trinity is the divine atomos. It's the word atom. It means indivisible, inseparable, uncuttable. Jesus, his father, his son are the divine atomos. When you look at the atom, it's interesting. Protons, electrons, neutrons, three. Everything declares the glory of God. And so Jesus is, 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 is saying he is indivisible from his father. Now then, it makes sense that when Jesus came upon the scene, when, when, when the devil meets him in the wilderness, what is he trying to do? If you be the son of God, if you be the son of God, he's trying to divide or separate Jesus from his father. How? The Bible says in Isaiah 59 verse 2 that our sins do what? Separate us. Now let me ask you a question. Um... What would happen to this world if Jesus had been separated by sin from his father? Let me ask it this way. What happened when man discovered 
that the atom could indeed be split. He created something. It's called the atomic bomb. What would have happened had Jesus been separated from his father by sin? What would have happened to this world in an instant? <laughs> Self-destruct. <laughs> you know, there's a reason why many of us are like walking bombs. <laughs> yeah. Whenever we separate from Jesus, <laughs> we self-destruct. What I'm saying is that what we need, beloved, is atomic power. Indivisible. Paul said, I'm persuaded that nothing, nothing, nothing. And he goes on his whole list. He says, nothing will be able to do what? Separate us from the love of God. How many of you want atomic power? Yes, yes, yes. Atomic power. However, in the 19th and 20th century, it was discovered that the atom could indeed be split. See, a much more sublime truth is here presented. See, something happened at the cross that was totally amazing. It was discovered that the divine atomos was indeed split. Jesus said, my God, my God, why hast thou what? Forsaken me. It was indeed split, but why was it split? Why were they split? Because of his love for us. Therefore, there are powerful Blasts of energy that come from Calvary. <laughs> you are the military. You're supposed to be understanding this. <laughs> Calvary, an atomic event took place at Calvary. When Jesus separated from his father, something powerful happened. That's why the Bible says that the gospel is the power or the Greek word dunamis. <laughs> yes. The dynamite. It is at the cross where the dynamite, the power of God is revealed. And so that's why Jesus says, hey, wait in Jerusalem because you shall receive what? Power from the cross flows powerful blasts of energy. How many of you need some energy? Amen. It is at the cross, beloved, where we receive that atomic power. Atomic fission. What is it? It's when atoms split. A neutron splits an atom, and as a result, it forms a chain reaction. That's how they form the body. It's a chain reaction. And when that atom splits, another atom splits. Uh, when that atom splits, it sends a neutron splitting another atom. And when that atom splits, it sends a neutron splitting another atom. You don't get it. <laughs> Beloved, when Jesus died at the cross, something split and it sent something out. <laughs> Do you know that you are an atom? The devil says, you're indivisible. You are the old you, and you'll always be the old you. You can never separate from who you are. But when Jesus died on the cross, something happened. That love was sent out, and when it hits you, it splits you. <laughs> and when you were split, somebody else was standing there by and saw it. They were split too. And when they were split, and what happens is you have this chain reaction. atomic power the devil beloved is fearful of atomic power but as fearful as he is of atomic power of atomic fission there is something else that he is even more terrified of you see 
When man discovered that the atom could be split, he created the atomic bomb. However, when atomic fusion was discovered, he created the nuclear bomb. The nuclear bomb is said to be 10 to 15 times more powerful than the atomic bomb. Interestingly enough, the term nucleus is first used by scientist Michael Faraday in the year 1844. <laughs> the study of the nucleus would eventually lead to the invention of the nuclear bomb. By fusing nuclei, a bomb may have many times more power than the atomic bomb had in itself. The word nucleus has its etymology from the word kernel. The word kernel, kernel of a nut, um, head of a comet, a little nut. You can see this on etymology online. Kernel. It's interesting when John, when Jesus, when John wrote in John chapter 12, verse 4, Jesus is speaking and he says, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground. The word corn is the same as kernel, from which we get the word nuclear or center. <laughs> Jesus says, except a seed fall into the ground and die, it abides. Now, fusion means coming together. You understand that you fuse something. So Jesus says here, look, when a seed falls into the ground and dies, what happens to that seed? It what? It splits. Fission. Jesus died. The devil was like, mm, we got a problem on our hands. I was trying to get him to come down off the cross, and I couldn't get, it, couldn't get him to do it. I was trying to get him to save himself, couldn't get him to do it. This is, this, is, this is an atomic event. This is bad, angels. Now, whatever happens, the father and the son have been temporarily separated. Whatever happens, we cannot let them fuse. Guard the tomb. <laughs> because if Jesus comes back if he rises if the father and son fuse this will be a nuclear catastrophe <laughs> yeah you see beloved it is true the death burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ must be the center of our message, of our life, of our preaching. And when that happens, the devil is in nuclear danger. Christ must be seen in every page of this book. Christ must be preached in every sermon. Christ must be lived out in our lives. And when that happens, when the Father, Son, and Spirit are fused, are brought together within us as one, there is nuclear danger. Fusion is the bringing together of something. And you see, what God wants, we see when Jesus is in you, and Jesus is in you, and Jesus is in you, what does Jesus want to do with all the Jesuses in, in us? He wants to what? Fuse it. Let me put it this way. I can be atomic by myself. <laughs> He's powerful. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, okay, powerful. I can be atomic by myself, but I cannot be nuclear by myself. You got to understand, this world is going to come to an end as a result of a nuclear event. <laughs> the glory of God is to lighten the entire world. <laughs> That's something nuclear. 
It takes all of us to be nuclear. See, the devil's like, all right, you go be atomic by yourself. You go be atomic by yourself. As long as I can get you to not unite, as long as I can get you to fight with each other, as long as I can keep you separate, as long as I can create an atmosphere of suspicion. Do you know that even amongst the ministers and the ministries, the, the devil is creating an atmosphere of suspicion? Private conversations. What do you think about uh, pastor this one? Or this ministry? Or that ministry? And all of a sudden, ministries are like, well, I don't want to work with you. No, I don't want to work. <laughs> no, it's okay. Thank you. We'll stay right here by ourselves. Because the devil knows that if he can keep the, the leaders separated, ministries against conference and conference against ministries, and everybody just divided, there can never be a nuclear event. Pastors telling laity, you can't understand the Bible for yourself. Come to us. We will determine. You don't, you don't really, have you been to, where'd you get your? When Jesus prayed, Father, make them one, he was praying for a nuclear event. It's kind of like Communion. Jesus gives us each a piece of his what? Body. And then what does he want to do with that body? Bring it all to? That's what communion's all about. Come. Union. <laughs> Come. Guys. <laughs> Union. That's what I want. Come. Union. It's almost as though he was saying, come, fusion, come, fuse, fuse, I want you to fuse together. But the devil is not for fusion. He's anti-fusion. He is calm. <laughs> Do you see the difference? God wants confusion. The devil wants confusion. Confusion is simply saying don't gather together. Don't be on the same page. Don't unite. And as long as he can bring about a spirit of confusion amongst God's people, there can never be confusion, and therefore there can never be the nuclear event that God tells us is going to be. But guess what? That event will come, whether we decide to be separate or what, it will come. Amen. The question is, what do you want? You want to be a part of confusion or confusion? Fusion. Let me close with an illustration. The Bible tells us that the history of Israel determines or tells us uh, 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 the, the future of the church. Please get this point. If you look at the history of Israel, you have Israel coming out of Egypt as a result of a lamb being slain. And after they come out of Egypt, you have them crossing the what? The Red Sea. And after they cross the Red Sea, you have them going into the wilderness. And after you have them in the wilderness, you have them coming up to another river or sea. And what was that? The Jordan. And then you had on the other side of Jordan, where? Canaan. So what's the, what, what, what's the parallel? Listen, Jesus is the lamb, Right? That was slain. The Bible says, Jesus says, I am the way. 
John 14, 6, I am the way. You know that word way in John 14, 6 is the word hold us? He is the hold us out. He is the hold us X. Okay. He is the X hold us. Check it out. Exodus, the way out. Jesus is the way out. And when he dies on the cross, he is the way out. The church is now liberated. And the first thing that happens is the church comes up to the Red Sea. What is that? It's a baptism, isn't it? What are we talking about here? Pentecost, the early reign. After Pentecost, the church enters into the wilderness, does it not? How long? 1260 years. Now let me ask you a question. What's after the wilderness? Canaan? The Jordan. Question, are we still in the wilderness? No. That was 1260 years. Where are we then? We're standing right before the Jordan. Please listen to this. We have been standing before the Jordan for over 150 years. Why? Was there anything that caused the children of Israel to hesitate before the Jordan? They looked over into Canaan, and what did they see? Giants. Let me put it this way. They saw a time of trouble. They saw a battle ahead of them. Now, what happened? You know, well, hey, let's send over some spies. And so they sent, sent over 10 spies, and the spies come back, and they're telling them, this is what happened, this is what it is. And, and you know what, beloved? This is where we are right now. We are standing before the Jordan, and all we're doing, we've been sending over spies for 150 years. <laughs> you, go check it out. <laughs> you. Go ahead and go knock on that door. You go ahead and have a Bible study over there. Sending out spies. Now there are people in that enemy territory that soon one day will be ours who are just sitting there waiting for truth. They ran into, what's her name? Rahab. Rahab say, hey man, you know, I, I enjoyed this Bible study. Um... I'm not ready to come yet, but trust me, <laughs> I, I will be ready one day. <laughs> when was the day that she was ready? When is it that Israel, when is it that the, that the, that the rivers are, are opened up for Israel? Listen, when they all, what's the word I just used? All. all marched over. The time has come for us to stop sending spies. Go get them, Doug! <laughs> you, Doug is going to get you. You wait. You think you can. You wait. Doug is really going to get you. The time has come for us to stop sending over spies and march as an It is when Rahab saw the armies of Israel coming that she got the conviction, the, the strength, the, the unction to go, all right, I'm ready. Amen. Beloved, there are people in Babylon right now who, are way, who know the truth, who hear it, who understand it, but are tied down to family, friends, job, whatever it is. The day when they see us as an army coming in, the reinforcements, if you will, they will say, we're ready. We're ready. Oh, we were just waiting to see the army come. We were wondering what you were doing. And we, we know, oh, we just, just tell you know, we, we had to go to army Bible training camp. And, you know, had to do our boot camp thing. And now we're here. We're ready. We're, we're here to rescue you. <laughs> Amen? Amen? 
And when they cross over the Jordan, how is it that Jericho falls? They shouted. A loud cry. <laughs> Beloved, I want to make an appeal. You have stood behind the spies. <laughs> yes, you've, you've loved, the, the, you've loved the, these guys going over and coming back with great mission stories. So what was it like over there? <laughs> Wow, you met someone that said, what? Praise the Lord. And now you're realizing today that unless you, your church, is ready to march as a unit, we will have a whole lot more time to spend on this side of the Jordan. And you want to say today, Lord, I'm ready to march. I'm ready to march. I have received my marching orders. I am ready to march. Lord, I not only want to be atomic, I also want to be nuclear. That's your desire. I want to ask you to stand to your feet. Heavenly Father, You've called us to be as stars in the firmament. You've called us, Lord, to reflect your glory in thousands of places around this globe. But Lord, we have been depending upon the stars. The few stars, the spies. Lord, you are calling us. You have called us, not as a few here and there, but as a great multitude. Forgive us, Lord, for standing complacently on this side of the Jordan. Forgive us, Lord, for the atmosphere of suspicion that we have created amongst ourselves. Lord, if there is wrong that needs to be called out, then may we faithfully do it. But Lord, help us to protect the reputation of our brothers and sisters. Forgive us, Lord, where we have fallen short in this very area. Forgive us, Lord, for the gossip, the backbiting, and anything, Lord, that has been used to create confusion. And Lord, we are praying that a nuclear event will fill this world with the light of your glory. Arm us, Lord. Arm us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. You may be seated. There is one love me so that for me he died. He's my dear, precious Savior, so true. On the cross for my sins, he was crucified. I want to see Jesus. Don't Savior, 
so faithful and true when I reach that strand of that love bright This message was recorded and produced by Power of the Lamb Ministries. Our mission is to help prepare God's people for the soon coming of Jesus Christ by pointing to the supernatural power of the Lamb of God that gives us the experience of victorious Christian living. For more information on our multimedia resources or inquiries on speaking engagements, please log on to our website at www.powerofthelamb.com. That's www.powerofthelamb.com or you can call us at area code 805-226-8080. That's 805-226-8080. Thank you and God bless.